Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out there, all of our nieces, nephews, and non-binary familials. I'm your auntie Ruth, and I'm your auntie Gina, and, and we're, we're your weird, weird aunts. Okay. Uh, the show where we take a look at current pop culture and talk about how it connects to past trends and fads. Um, you know, you know what trend we're covering. <laughs> Could it be we're falling in love with poop? Yeah. No. With just boobs. Poopy movies. It was boobs. Well, <laughs> look, um, if that hasn't already happened for you, I don't know what to it's, tell you. But, it's, um, it's poopy movies. <clears throat> spoopy movies. Um, it's Halloween season and it's the fall. Yeah. Almost. So these are these are our, our favorite favorite time of the year. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, and this is when you know for horror fans they try to throw us a lot of red meat. Uh huh. And uh-huh. um, you know, there's a lot of new offerings out there, and and we watched we, one. You want to tell them what it was? We were thrown a big pile of meat. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> we weren't even going to do this. Mm-mm. This came out on Friday? And I was like, what? Yeah. So, we watched Midnight Mass. The third in the trilogy of, I don't know, there was Bly Manor, there was Haunted House. Haunted. Right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> The third of the trilogy, Black Manor, Haunted House. <laughs> <laughs> Based on Shirley Jackson's haunted ass house. <laughs> and Henry J's beloved, <laughs> Turn of the Haunted House. <laughs> Honestly, I... I don't even. Re- I really don't remember what the first one was called, oh, but it was. It was like, like Rose. Was it Hill? House? Rose Red. Rose Red. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's Stephen King, <laughs> which is also a great movie. It was. No, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, Hill House. The Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> the Haunting of Hill House. 
And then the second one was, yeah, something Bly Manor. Blah Manor. Well, here's the thing. So mm. I, well, I, I certainly liked it better than our third offering. I didn't. The, I'm going to tell you that it is not very often that we come together and we are in complete disagreement. On accident. Had, On accident. We didn't plan we this. Had, we had two different journeys with this. <laughs> I thought, oh my god, please, like, gird your loins, get ready for this festival of poop. You had watched it before I I had. It took me so long, like, I had to get up and walk around and shake it off, like, it, I fast-forwarded through quite a bit of it, and- You did? You were just, you were just like- Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Can't get enough. <laughs> I've loved so every good. bit of this. It was so good. I am buying what they're selling. Oh, my God. Well, it's okay. That's, <laughs> this is but, exciting. I love that you hated it. I mean, and here's the thing. As you know, I, as far as, like, creative projects are involved, it is not my world to come in as a critic. Like... I'm here to celebrate people's efforts. Yeah, but you can be critical. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, my my goal in life is not to just shit on people who are trying hard. Yes. Yes. You know, I try to find, like, I see where they were going with that. Like, when I go into a net, I'm like, I know there's a puppet featured in here. I will buy into this world. Yeah. I will buy into this world where there's a flying puppet. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. Like I, you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I, I will buy. I will buy a ticket to that show. And so I, I had seen the previous two franchises, so I, I kind of had a feel for what was going on. Like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting like premiere. I for Midnight Mass, I didn't even know it was fucking coming out. I didn't either. It was a bit of a surprise for me as well. Yes. Until you had mentioned it. So. It's, what is it, Mike Flanagan? Is that his name? Who? He, so here's, here's where I think the root of the problem is. Okay. Um, yeah, it's Mike Flanagan. Okay. So he's, he's riding high. He's, he's adapted, he adapted the first two mm-hmm. off of fairly successful stories. Yes. Um, he also did Gerald's Game, which was adapted. So he's adapted successfully in the past. Right. Now this is his first project that was, his own brainchild. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it makes a lot of sense. So for it's me not a it's not a part of a trilogy. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, it's, I made that up. Well, I mean, in the sense that it's like in a trilogy of like his works. Okay. You know, I mean, they like in the same sense, like in a, in American Horror Story, where there's like recurring like the same actors show up I from different love places the anthology of it love it that's it so it's more much. of an anthology so it's like a, it's a he's building a universe of characters that show up from other places and right so this is like and the other thing is that when i read interviews about it because i think him and the lead, the female lead they're married um Right. Um, and so she was like Kate Siegel. Is that how you say it? Her name is Erin Green on the show. I don't know what her real name is. <laughs> okay. But, uh, 
Yeah, but she was like, well, this is his most personal work. And I'm like, okay. Um. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't read about it like you did. <laughs> I was like, okay, so, like, what in the dark shadows did you grow up with? Like... <laughs> And, look, I get, I mean, I get that not all horror, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's not actually a Babadook, it's grief. I get it. Yeah. But to say, like, really, this is my most personal work, and I attacked, like, some deep, and I'm like, what? Okay, I just like, thought it was, like, a campy, fun romp. I wanted it to be. <laughs> I loved it! I, and, and the thing is, I guess in the sense that like the like camp the intention is never for it to be camp like it becomes camp which is the best camp. like i yeah. yeah yeah i think i think that the creators were sincere as a heart attack mm. i think that they felt this material was heavy important yeah i think they felt that every line of it was poetry which is why it was campy but again, it was campy. I don't think that was the intention. No. And it made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I love it when like people make stuff. It's like The Room. Like, you know that movie, The Room? A hundred percent. Where Tommy Wiseau thought he was making like this like Oscar award winning film and whatever. I mean, it's like. And it turns out to be campy bullshit, but it's still amazing, right? I'm not saying right. this is the room. I'm not saying that. Please don't take it as that, because you won't enjoy it. But it's still, <laughs> <laughs> it's still like that kind of self-important, self-indulgent, like yes, um, <clears throat> that that's that's the problem. Yeah. And so. Um, like, what is the basis of my critique? Did I take a screenwriting class once, like, 20 years? Yes, I did. And I and in the class, um, one of the things they teach you is show, don't tell. And when I tell you that all they do is fucking tell, all they do is tell, yeah. I'm like, oh, great, another scene where two people are just talking back and forth for 20 minutes? And no thank you. There was no, a lot of talk. Oh, that last episode at the end. That was the only... Okay, the last episode was garbage. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, can I say <laughs> spoilers galore? Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Big spoilers. Galore. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That last episode was trash. And not sure. in a good way. No. Okay. No. Um, but that's why it was, the, it all felt that way to me because mm. I was just like, you, are you just coming to terms with issues of mortality? Like, like just now, just this second, like how old are we? I, I don't know. How old is he? I mean, I think he's in his forties. Oh, well. it, it was embarrassing. I was like, did you not smoke weed in college? <laughs> Like, why are you just now working through this? Like, I, it, it was awkward. So, 
let's start, let's start on this, this journey, which honestly, it felt like at this point, he felt like, like Orson Welles, like filming wine commercials. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go. It could have only gone one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm saying, like, I felt like the other two showings, I was like, great, the third man, I love that movie. Like, Orson Welles, show me more. And then it was like, <gasps> it was just so bloated. You know, it's like sometimes we always say, like, like with Dune, we were like, God, you know, if they were just given more time, mm -hmm. that, you know, if, if, if he had been given more time or given more episodes, like, what he, the opposite is true of this. They yeah. have been given less time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I like, agree. I, I agree with that. Like, I... The thing of it is, is that... You know, we... The audience... We can infer things. We don't have to be told everything. Yeah. You know? Like, we don't have to say, well... The reason he stopped dead in his tracks and she gave him a dirty look was because he was in fact responsible for the life-changing accident that put her in a wheelchair. And we're going to talk about this 20 more times. I'm like, no, that's, that's, we that's get in it. fact, we get movie. It. We get it. We get just the, the exchange of the looks. We can piece together that there's a history there. Yeah. We don't have to spend what felt like, again, 45 minutes. <laughs> And even then, we don't know. Like, we know he shot her. We don't know why. Did he mistake her for an animal? Had he been drinking? They never like, got into know. that, did they? And that's the thing. That's the only thing I even wanted to know about this whole scenario. <laughs> and I still, I still didn't get to it. You walk away scratching your head like, somebody? wait, I know he did it. And I know they were going for a walk. <laughs> wait a minute. He's like, I was talking to my dad one minute, and then I was on the ground the next. And I was like, okay, let me tell you what's still not explained. Why did this drunk guy shoot at humans? You're right on that. There's not... The backstory isn't important backstory that we're wanting. It's like, here's some gobbledygook, but yeah, that's it's not going to help it you was, along the way. Like, I remember... <laughs> reading something it was about Anne Rice and like towards the like the later part of her career like she wouldn't let anybody else edit her books mm. and you know you can really tell <laughs> and and I mean I love don't get me wrong I love Anne Rice but here's the thing like having somebody else you know read it or react to it or something that's it's the same thing I was like yeah again you give all this exposition about things that happen and yet the huge pieces which would be really important here are, are not there yeah can i you just know? really quickly read the description of this because oh, i forgot yeah we haven't even I'm we sorry. didn't even do the description i forgot okay okay go ahead so it says an isolated island community experiences miraculous events and frightening omens after the arrival of a charismatic mysterious young priest i wouldn't really call him young okay. but well, I mean, he's, I guess, middle-aged. Um, so this is what we know. We know that, like, our lead character, who was also in Hush, I'm pretty sure. Did you ever see that movie with her and him? It was like a break-in. It's on Netflix. Okay. I'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But anyway, um, 
So the lead comes back. He's had, uh, he was in prison for vehicular homicide. Again, that's something that showed up in uh, Bly Manor too. There's a vehicular homicide. But, um, anyway, I, again, I read that he was saying that he had dealt with his own either alcoholism or addiction and his worst fear, Mike Flanagan, the writer, director. See, again, you're seeing he's got a lot of hats here and maybe that's the problem. Probably. You know, I think like maybe if he had had like another, just one other person in the mix. Uh But, um, so he was just saying that his, his worst fear wasn't that he would die himself, but that he would kill somebody else and then have to live with that on his conscience. Oh, that's why I don't drive. That's why I don't drive. Oh. Well, um, God, that's awful. Sorry. But, um, (laughs) I'm highly neurotic <laughs> and anxiety prone anyways. Yeah, I no, that's it. true. So that's like the starting point is that he's the lead has killed somebody while driving drunk. He's been sent back to his um, hometown, which is this island off, I guess, the coast of, we're beli- I guess we're supposed to believe it's New York. I think so. I think um, so. So, okay, first let me tell you, um, well, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. I'm going to wait on that thought because you'll love it. Well, here's the other thing that I couldn't get out of my mind when I saw the lead. And I, he's perfectly, perfectly fine. But, like, he looks like handsome Squidward. And there's like so many scenes where he's having to listen thoughtfully and he just gives that like sort of handsome squid for like a squidward look. Like what like what what the audience can't see is that I'm giving that look to Ruth right now and it's having an effect on her. It, it really is. I mean <laughs> but it's that sort of like you know the those like soulful, like doleful eyes, like oh well I'm, if it was you I'm doing so it, to pain. Me, it affects me more, but him not at all. Right. But you know, <laughs> no definitely like like, hey, like baby, let's like talk about what we think happens after we die. For like an hour. Handsome <laughs> squidward. I'm an atheist like, in this town. I don't I don't buy into your BS. And it's like, don't you feel dumb knowing how little time you had left that you weren't boning that whole time? I know. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, that, that, like, if I was in that boat, I'd be like, oh, man, sunrise is in about an hour or so. Let's, let's just see if we can work something out real quick, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I guess, I don't know, maybe other people, that's what I would be thinking. Oh, I'd be like, fucking till I drop dead. I, you know, especially if I was, you know, going out young. Yeah. I, you know. Absolutely. So, um, basically, after he comes to the island, um, we're sort of like, he's sort of like a, a side character. He's not really in it for a bit. We're, like, introduced to... Beverly Keen? And I just called her the crazy Christian. Uh, first of all, you just introduced my favorite character. 
Bev. Bev. She was on a different level. <laughs> yes. So she, um, they're expecting this priest, um, Father, Father Pruitt. Well, that like, okay. That was the old priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's waiting for Father Pruitt. We're gonna, we're gonna get there. To come, I don't. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm right. <laughs> no, I'm the, the old, the old man. Wink, wink. There's an old father who is on. You know, he's a, about to, like, he has terrible dementia. Yeah. Um, he's gone to the mainland for some kind of treatment. They send him on a, a trip to the Holy Land, yes. and he got lost. <laughs> he surely, surely did. Well, let me tell you, Grandpa's nightmare of a trip. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. So okay, so let's put it put a pin in Grandpa's nightmare. You're putting a pin in so much stuff because it's just so packed full of stuff. So Bev, our heroine, um, she goes to the <laughs> docks, and she's waiting for Father Pruitt to get there, and the. Um, the guy on the boat's like, oh no, he didn't come. And he's like, he kind of founded that island, Father Pruitt. Like he, well, I don't know if he founded the island, but he was like, he'd been the priest there, the only there parish was like a priest fire there for... and he did something. It was in a newspaper. I don't remember reading it. It doesn't matter. The, the, they re- had to rebuild the island, but the church was the only building that didn't burn. And then like, yeah. And he, they treated him like a fucking founding father. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he was beloved. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm trying to argue here. He was beloved. So beloved. So she's like waiting for him to show up in the boat. He's not there. She's like, what the fuck? No. So then she goes to the um, the house of the priest. Is that like part of the church? Yeah, but it's called something else. Like there's a, there's a term for it. The church. His apartment. His church apartment, <laughs> and yeah. she's like, maybe he'll be here. And then she's like, oh, and then it cuts away, right? And so then we're like introduced to these younger people, like teenagers, and um, so there's um, Ooker, <laughs> yes, I forget their names. Yeah, it's a a parsonage, a parsonage. Oh, a parsonage. That's what mm-hmm. that is. Okay, so there's these teenagers on the island. One of them is Riley, the guy that hit and killed the girl. Um, One of them is Riley's little brother. Right. And Riley has a crush on this girl who is in a wheelchair. And then he has two other friends. I think only one of them is an altar boy, and he's an altar boy. Yeah, Ollie, who's the hot sheriff's son. Wait, no, he's not an altar boy. No, he's one of his friends. You said there were two other teenagers. Was he one of the teenagers? Can I tell you something? I was so... You've been drinking? (laughs) I was so hypnotized by the sheriff, Sheriff Hassan. So, there's also Annabeth Gish. Oh, Annabeth Gish. Her hair is so good in this. So cute. Here's the other thing about... This series, I think in the last series as well, a little bit, but when is this supposed to be? Because sometimes I think, but there's a lot of Neil Diamond. 
Well, here, that's my point. Because while there are cell phones, they're also, like, wearing 80s clothes and, like, gold frames. And it's, yeah. like, but that's stylistically. Cool now, right? But I... My point being is that it has that air of, like, it mixing things together, so you're not really sure what time in time it's meant to be. Okay, so he's, like, trying to make it so you can't really pinpoint. Well, and plus, because people are aging and de-aging. Have you, have you ever seen that mm-hmm. trend in um, horror films mm-hmm. where... It'll be taking, like, It Follows is like that, mm-hmm. too, where it looks like it's happening in the 80s, but then they have devices that are almost futuristic. Yes. So you think that's so, what he was trying to do here? I'm not sure what he was trying to do. <laughs> I know I know that's what happened. Um, the, sheriff, because, like, the sheriff was like denim on denim on denim with the furry collar. Because, like, Annabeth Gish looked... Very fried green tomatoes lesbian to me. Yes. Like very early 90s. Very early 90s with the haircut. Right. The mother and like she looked very straight out of the 80s mom. Yeah. With those gold glasses. O'Reilly's and, mom. Like that permed hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then Henry Thomas is his dad. Yeah. And they were, yeah. And again, they were like listening to a record player. They were, you know, and. Totally. Like. I don't know. And the the Aaron Green, she felt again very like um um Jurassic Park 90s to me. Okay. Very like Helen Hunt. Yeah. Like like denim shirt with a sweater over it, like that layering like polo americana. Yes. She always know, and she always looks like I mean her mouth, she's always like got that porcelain doll look about her even when they put frumps on her when they put dump frumps on her well and because when she (laughs) she's got dump like a frump um (laughs) i mean like because she had like she was like a very edgy lesbian character which i'll never forget from the first series which i love that style Mm -hmm. and so there was nothing there was nothing Sort of, I guess, stylistically, the only sort of, like, hint that this was, like, scary or it, it all felt like that sort of children of the corn, like, 80s Americana, like, you know, yeah. we're the, like, nothing happens here. Yes. You know. So I got more of a revisiting because of Bev, because they were on the island, because there was this mystery shrouded for like five minutes, um, yeah. I got a lot of Wicker Man vibes. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Bev like gave me a lot of like Saint Maud vibes. Oh, so much Saint Maud. Like Saint Maud yeah. in her middle age. Like, yeah. She's grown up a little bit. Right. But she's still really into Jesus. Sure. Like, she's taking medication. She's Um, forgetting to take medication. Sure, sure. I mean, enough to, like, get a job. She's on the verge of losing it. Yeah. Uh, She's starting to poison animals again. (laughs) But um, I just loved her intensity. 
I like anybody that's that passionate. Um, yeah, I definitely follow characters straight into the depths of hell like her all the time. I know you do. So, yeah. <laughs> so the, let me tell you about the priests, okay? So, oh, here we go. So Bev finds the priest in the church dressed up wrong, and she is very <laughs> mad. Mm-hmm. He is wearing the wrong color robe. He's wearing a gold fucking robe. He should be wearing a green robe because it's normal days. And mm-hmm. she's like. I'm going to have to fucking kill this motherfucker. Yeah. You know? And she's like, oh. So, it's played by Hamish Linklater. Uh-huh. And he's calling himself Father Paul. And people are like, uh, who's this? Where's Father Pruitt? Who is this guy? And he's like, well, you know, Father Pruitt is resting he's not doing great, but I'm just here to fill in for him. Whatever, right? Sure. And so people start warming up to him a little bit, I guess, but they're still like, eh, whatever. But then something crazy happens, and I'm just skipping ahead a lot because there's just... Okay, so the, the girl that was in the wheelchair, she was coming very frequently... Um, her parents were very devout and she, they wanted her to be cured of it. And the fucking priest, Father Paul, starts staring at her and he's like, this bitch is going to walk. Right. So he, what is it called when they give the bread? The little wafer? Communion? Yeah. So he's all like going to give her communion and he's like, come and get it. And she's like, what? And then everybody's, like, really pissed off. Like, how dare you? And he's, like, just... Okay, what the audience may not know is that this young woman is in a wheelchair. He is saying this on the steps. So she, in order to get the communion, she... Yeah, she would have to climb the steps. Yeah, he keeps backing up more and more until he's on the steps. And then he's like, come get it, you know? And she's... And then she stands up and she starts fucking walking and she gets her little wafer and she is uh-huh. fucking cured. Like, right. or whatever. But not, not cured, wafer, but like, she can walk. And, right. um, it's not the fucking wafer. So what, what we've, what we're starting to notice, and again, this takes a good two or three hours to establish, um, could it have taken five minutes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a, sure. But what we're starting to notice on this island is, number one, there was a catastrophe. Oh, I forgot about the cat. Yeah. So there was a, a smaller island that had all these feral cats and they like washed ashore, sort of indicating that there was a predator predator nearby so like the first like two episodes we're not we're not even sure like no where's the evil coming from is there evil is it a ghost is it a monster is it a predator i knew it was a monster i knew that right but we don't know like what variety monster i just know that guy got eat and there was some some flashy eyes in that barn right that's all we know that's all we know and all those and all those cats yeah um, and so, 
you know, the small church community is starting to see these sort of miracles and they're like starting to feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they're starting to look a lot younger. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And um, so then we understand why there's like a character, Annabelle Gish's mother, who has terrible age makeup on in the beginning. (laughs) So right from the start, I knew I was like, okay, they're either going to be vampires or something because all the old people are young people with bad old people makeup on. Right. I knew it. Yeah. I I was like, yeah, there's no way. Like, why would they start off with all these terrible wigs? Yeah. Um, and so what we, come to find out is that what has been introduced into the lifeblood of the community is in fact vampiric blood. Yeah. And um, (laughs) this Uh (laughs) this is probably my favorite part. (laughs) So uh, how did how did a vampire get introduced? Well um what was his name, Father or Monsignor? Monsignor Paul? Wait, which one? The old okay, one? Okay, it was, it was Father Paul, but his original Pruitt. name was Father Pruitt, yeah. or was it? Thought, that's what I'm calling him. Okay. So he goes on a journey to the Holy Land, and he is already <laughs> in the grips of dementia. This is so <laughs> good. This is so good. Terrible. He's incredibly confused. This is so good. Okay. And so, again, reasons unknown why they let him by himself to go wander the desert. Yeah. Yeah, that seems highly irresponsible. Yeah. That he would be out Some in the desert at all. Some 90 man with dementia wandering the desert alone. I didn't think about that and because I was just letting the drama flow. Right. I know. If you do think about it for one second, um, it's real stupid. <laughs> That's why I liked it. No, I know. And so then he finds, right, this cave. And um, he sees, he he comes face to face with this creature that looks very much like Gary Oldman's, like, human-sized bat creature. Yeah, yeah. And he says to himself, oh, this is an angel of God. This is an angel. Do not be afraid. <laughs> no, sure. Did he tackle me to the ground and suck my blood? Yep. Yeah. Did Gabriel do that? I don't remember that. No, I don't remember any angels doing that. <laughs> but the fact that he was like, oh, for sure, this is an angel and I'm going to drink this angel's blood. The other thing that was like unclear to me mm. is... In this world, had they never heard of vampires before? I know. Because, like, they didn't seem to know how to kill them. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, what laws apply? Yeah. I mean, only sunlight, apparently. Because, well, there's that scene with the kids where they're, like, trying to kill the main, the head vampire. And it's like, they shoot him, and he's like, Mwah. get away from me. Mwah. And... So they're like, <laughs> fire. And I'm like, find a fucking wooden stake or something. There's right. You don't shoot them. God. 
yeah, all these vampires. I was like, I, I don't understand. To, and again, you know, he makes this connection that, uh, you know, that communion, like, drink of my body. Yes. Um, this is my blood, part of the everlasting covenant. And, you know, like, like if you've ever listened to goth music, you've made that connection before. Mm. You didn't need this. Absolutely. It's always been creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my... <laughs> Like, my mother's side of the family, we're Italian Catholics, and, like, they have, like, straight up Jesus in misery on crosses everywhere. <laughs> like, it's, it's hardcore. Like, it's not symbolic, you know? So, anyway. <sighs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, the priest who has been restored to his former glory, which makes me wonder if he was ever super sane. If he's embracing vampires and calling them angels. <laughs> and then he's like, here, I'm going to try everything in my power to sneak back this human-sized bat with me well, he, he was off hip- the coast. He was of- hypnotized by the vampire blood. Oh, oh, that's what you think? Yeah. I mean, they didn't mention anything about hypnosis, but... That's how hot you think this guy I is, just, that you're willing to... Yeah. <laughs> you're willing to believe. On a scale of hot to hotter, I think that the sheriff wins the award for, okay. like, you know, like, would I stand out in the sun for him? Yes. Sure. Yes. Um, the priest is hot. Would I stand out in the sun for him? No. But he is very charismatic. Yeah. I mean, like, they tried their best. And so the, you know, the the following 358 episodes is really... 358! <laughs> <laughs> People, like, sort of coming... And, and it really takes them... Till the bitter, bitter end for them to be like, God, I mean, all these crazy things are happening, which we're willing to accept, you know, being healed and people <laughs> losing 50 years off oh, their age. Oh, my favorite was how um, Sarah, the doctor's mom, who, I mean, was bad makeup, very, um, very much elderly, long gray hair, bad glasses, was like, in her 20s all of a sudden and nobody batted an eye they were just like Mildred is that you yes right, you look great I mean have you been taking fish oil I mean what's no, hello it's blood we're all hello. drinking hello okay. no it's not omega 3 come on it's the vampire blood we're all drinking it you're drinking it too everybody's drinking it except for the sheriff because he's Muslim and his son um, wants to partake in the church because everybody else at school is Christian. They all go, or Catholic, whatever, and they all go to the church, and he feels left out. So he's, yeah. he, like, I think on the download, he starts going to the church. And he also partakes of the the blood wine. Yeah. yeah. And his dad is, like, upset about this, but he's not, like, totally closed-minded. Right. He's, like... I mean, he's a... He's perfectly fine. Yeah. It, but, so anyway... The the resolution is that 
there are some people that are like, you know, I, I feel like maybe there's some downsides to turning <laughs> the entire town. <laughs> And so, like, as it goes on and on and on, like, the priest just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Like, like, he just completely loses himself more and more, like, as time goes on. And then he's just, like, uh, drunk with vampiric madness. And he kind of, like, conspires with Bev um, to turn the whole fucking town, right? I mean, that's the plan into vampires. Yeah, I I think, well, yeah, exactly. Because I think she turned it more into Jonestown. I don't think he saw it that. Yeah. I don't think he saw it going that way. Like, I think that he wanted it to be more of a gentle process, Mm -hmm. but she just released the beast. She did. So it was like, you know, I think he wanted people that were ready to make that leap you know and again i read in an interview where it was supposed to talk about fanaticism and how you know okay let me tell you something the religious shit in this was so heavy-handed the (laughs) the the, um okay we get it you're an atheist and i mean who's not anymore and like the the hypocrisy of this that and the other thing it's like mm -hmm, okay it wasn't subtle at all. <laughs> no, no. Again, Nor was I anything. Mean, why don't, like you honestly? Why don't you just ad- adapt another Shirley Jackson story? Like, yeah. if, like she already like she already wrote it. It's it's already perfect. I mean, just do the lottery. <gasps> but you know, um, I, it's I know. Um, you know, how else are you gonna be like traumatized and? seventh grade English, but, um, so it ends up, there's this sort of, you know, are, you know, the good people willing to sacrifice themselves for the good of the planet. And, you know, there's this big fiery end where everybody is really brought to their knees it is very much like um, trying to say something on humanity, and but it's like nothing that hasn't said like a kajillion times before about like right. you know would we kill other people for the sake of whatever, right? Like because we believed in something and the the greater good. Yeah, I mean. It's just very, again, it's just derivative in the best (laughs) way ever. But I mean, yeah, I I guess it would be the thing of it is, is that there's it's not very scary. Oh, not at all. And like, it's not joyful at all. Like, that's a weird thing to say like I know that you don't like I know you don't associate joy with horror movies very much but like, there is something about setting the audience up yeah. you know yeah. that that interchange it feels like we're doing something together mm-hmm. where there's like um, 
you know, that exchange is very joyful. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Th- that didn't, there was none of, no. you know, there was it no was redemption. Plotting. No, <laughs> like, oh, I invested all this time. The payoff is going to be so glorious. Nope. Like it, they're just, you know what I mean? I, of course I do. So it wasn't, you know, or in the horror films where it was like, oh, at least, you know, this person was right or this is justified or, you know, there's... There was none of that. Nothing. Nothing. Like, you don't you don't feel good about any of it. Like, no. It, yeah, you don't feel good about any of it. You don't... You don't feel like the wrong people suffered. You don't feel like the right people triumphed. You I don't enjoyed feel... the ride, though. I, I'm glad you did. I really I... did. I liked it. No, I mean, I felt, I felt like I had been taken down by a creature in the desert after I got <laughs> separated from my tour group. You should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Beverly Keen is like one of those like Stephen King villains. She she she's like crazed, like clearly evil, annoying. She's Nurse Ratchet. She's Carrie's mom. Yes. She's so clear of purpose. Yeah. I, you know, I would would absolutely trust her. Um to organize any kind of massacre. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, she's, like, the person that helps, like, do Excel spreadsheets for, like, <laughs> how to, like, cover what villages with what poisons. Like, <laughs> she is, like, the admin of evil. Yeah. Yes. She's the office I mean, assistant to... To me, as she was easily, yeah... Yeah, exactly. Like, she's easily my favorite character. Certainly the most relatable. I That's the only one whose motivations I understood the whole time. Hmm. I was like, she's bored on this little island. She's making things a little interesting for herself. I didn't think of it like that. You're right. I don't care. But, I loved everybody and hated everybody. I loved this series so much. Um, but... Uh, it started out so right because they did two fucking Neil Diamond songs back to back no I know in the beginning I know and I'm like I know oh uh huh and one of them was Suleiman which who the fuck knows Suleiman I do because I'm I don't I mean I love Neil Diamond um but oh and, like, I love, I do, I love a seaside horror. Love it. I love it, you know. Do you think he I, was kind of, like, in a way, obviously not all the way, but do you think he was kind of, like, trying to take bits of Stephen King, you know? There were, to me, I felt like I saw, to me, I felt there were, I guess that's why I was asking about stylistically, if you notice those elements, because there were so many visual cues from those movies in the 80s and 90s like those king movies and like you know um but where it was just like a suburban town where there was like something sinister Mm -hmm. like you know just 
normal, you know, just sort of like a pet cemetery thing where yeah. it's just like a lot yeah, of times I mean, too, it's like that evil is like a metaphor for something else in those sure. in those films. But yeah, it's like that wasn't really here. They wanted he wanted it to be. He really, really, really wanted it to be, but it wasn't. Well, and plus it's like I the you know, have you ever seen The Cabin in the Woods? Oh, yeah. Where it was kind of, it felt like genre m- mashup, you know? <laughs> it was like, the fact that they were on an island, uh-huh. it only explained that the that they were contained. Like, there wasn't any sort of, like, mystical element about the island. Like, mm. there wasn't any sort of lighthouse element, like, yeah. you know, like, superstitions or... Like, like just sort of Like, there was, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the what, like what should have accompanied that, or like what makes those, you know, these, or you know, even if it felt even more isolated, yeah. or you know, or if people, if they were, if there was a while where they weren't sure if it was, you know, like just some sort of psychological thing that they were all like it was like a spread, like a madness, or you know, yeah. where are we all sort of going insane together? Or is this really happening? Or that would have been you good. Know, there's just like, you know, because it, it, there's there was so much potential, but I'm just like, why, why did it need to take place here and not in a in a isolated mountain community in an isolated anywhere community? You know, yeah. like. It just, it just felt like there was so much that, that wasn't taken advantage of, I guess. I mean, yeah. But the last 20 minutes of this freaking series was saying goodbye to Erin Green, how she was still alive somehow after being completely drained of blood from the head vampire. Right. Like, bitch, shut up. Just die already. <laughs> I mean, that's how, but like, honestly, that's how I felt about nearly every bit of dialogue in this, where I was just like, get to the point. Get to the point. I guess I kind of ignored a lot of it, um, because <laughs> the campy bits were so good. It was rough. It was really like, it rough. It was really rough. I, I, don't, I can't tell you why I enjoyed it. I just really liked it. No, it's okay. I mean, I, I wish I could have been, that's the thing. I wish I could have been more, there are a million loose threads on here, you know, that we could talk about, but it's, it, it's, I think the point, I think that why it didn't come off as fun to me is that maybe not enough time has passed because it still seems like so serious and so joyless Mm -hmm. and, I felt like, you know, I was like, I didn't ask. Why are you telling me all this shit? I didn't ask. But it is the time of the night where we talk about if we were to make a playlist. Is it that time already? Okay. So what we like to do is try to put a playlist together. Ain't that right, Ruth? That's right. For Spotify. Yeah, for Spotify, and you just go to your Weird Dance playlist on Spotify, uh-huh. take a listen. And you're going to come across a lot of really great playlists that we've already made. Yeah, I go back a lot and listen to the old ones just because I'm like, oh man, each one's a different mood. Oh, for sure. So it's a vibe. It's a vibe. So for this 
particular film, um, I chose. Huh? Series? Oh, yeah. You're right. Series. Series. It was like an eight hour long. It was like a 20, <sighs> 20 week long right. series. Yeah. I've had training modules that were shorter. <laughs> um, so I chose, and I feel like this might surprise you. Bella Lugosi's dead. <laughs> Where uh, we can finally do that for you. Right. We can um, finally add that for you. Right. Um, this week it applies as opposed to every other week that I've asked. <laughs> and it has not been, been appropriate. Um, but it is my time, my time of year. It's yeah. Halloween. It's my Halloween carol. Yes. So, um, my second is cat people. Putting out fire. <laughs> With gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> See these eyes so green. <laughs> it's not an angel. It's a vampire. It's gonna <laughs> eat up the cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and not only that but i had like closed captioning on and oh me too it was the the character's name was in fact the angel it was it was the angel <laughs> I know. Maybe you should <laughs> throw uh, Aerosmith's angel on there. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're the reason I live. Actually. <laughs> Actually. Yes. <laughs> You're the reason I die. Uh, I, like that song. I like that period of Aerosmith. I do, too. That video was so good. Yeah. I, it's honestly revisit it. Everybody revisit it. It's beautifully, beautifully done. But, um... And the last official song, Japanese Breakfast, Savage Good Boy. Savage Good Boy. Yes. Now, have you told me your... No. Would you like to know? <laughs> I would. Would you... Do you really? I do want to know. I'm going to tell I don't, you. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I could guess, but go ahead. <laughs> So the first song I picked is um, We Suck Young Blood by Radiohead. Nice. I know. I mean, it's not one of their most popular songs. No. I mean, it's not creep. No. Because you're not a what? A weirdo? A oh. a <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> I ask myself that every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not a poser. You're a real fan. <laughs> Sorry. <gasps> okay, so the uh, next song I picked was um, I'll Be Your Mirror by Velvet Underground. Love that song. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third song I uh, I 
I fell upon this song. It's called um, Should the Bible Be Banned by McCarthy? Almost said McCartney. Paul McCartney. Paul <laughs> <laughs> McCartney. Um, you thought John Lennon thought he was bigger than Jesus. Well, Mm-mm. Paul McCartney wants Bibles to be banned. Uh, yeah. Not like really, not really. <laughs> but maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so definitely check, check out the playlist. Out. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. We're not 100% sure what we're going to cover yet, but. Please send in your recommendations of movies, music, TV. Um, sure. Yeah, whatever. Um, any, any media. To help us. Help us. You can find us at, um. Weird Aunties on Twitter, Your Weird Ants on Instagram, Facebook at Your Weird Ants, or email us at yourweirdants at gmail.com. And yeah, join us next time. Who knows That's what? That's it, girl. Who knows what yeah. we're going to come upon? You'll find out. All right. All right. I'm your, to auntie, it. I'm your Auntie Ruth. I'm your Auntie Gina, and we're your Weird. weird. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now